Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. From KMOX Sports. The bases are loaded. This is the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. He hits one deep to left field. You That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. It's a this is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Center from the belt to the plate. A swing and a miss. And that's a winner. That's a winner. A World Series winner for the Cardinals. Bruce Suter recording the final out of the World Series back in 1982 as we do welcome you in to a Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauley, a melancholy edition of Sports Open Line today. As uh, we found out earlier today that Bruce Suter had passed away at the age of 69, a baseball Hall of Famer, a Cardinals Hall of Famer. He was the first player to have uh, never started a game to be elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame, a six-time All-Star Cy Young Award winner in 1979, his number 42, one of 14 numbers retired by the Cardinals, and uh, he has left way too soon at the age of 69. Uh, Here's what we're going to do today. For this entire first hour of the program, uh, we're going to be joined by various guests to get their thoughts on on his passing. Uh, Rick Hummel from the Post-Dispatch is going to uh, join us in about 10 minutes. Former Cardinals pitcher Kyle McClellan is scheduled to join us at 635. And uh, former KMOX sports director Ron Jacober is going to join us at 650. Uh, Would... There's a lot of people who I know want to share their thoughts on on Bruce Suter. And we've got an entire segment kind of scratched out for you to be able to do that. That's going to be coming up uh, just after 7.30, around 7.35 or so. So if you want to share your thoughts, uh, hopefully you can stick with us for the next 90 minutes or so. Because at 7.35, we're just going to be opening up the phones and allowing people to share their thoughts, share their thoughts and memories of, uh, of Bruce Suter. If you don't want to call in but you want to text in or you want to tweet at me and have those read, we'll do our best to read as many of them as possible. You can text in at 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We want to give you a voice on on a day like this, uh, to be sure. Um, I, I was thinking about this earlier. Is there... A player, and they're probably. I'm. I'm so bad at being a prisoner of the moment, and sometimes not being able to really take a step back and uh, evaluate everything. So, if, uh, but is there a player in the history of the Cardinals who is more revered and had more of an impact on the organization, who played less time than Suter did in the organization? Four years. Four years. You, you think about the way we view Bruce Suter. And look, I, I was born in 1982, so I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that uh, I remember a lot of his career 
and, and certainly don't remember him uh, with the Cardinals when he, he wrapped up his uh, time with the Cardinals in 1984 uh, when I'm when I'm two years old. So, but just growing up and and knowing the history of this organization, uh, knowing uh, obviously the call that we heard uh, right to start the show is one of the most iconic calls in the history of the Cardinals organization. Like we revere um, Bruce Suter in in a way that I feel like. For a lot of players who are revered in that kind of way, they spent a lot more time in St. Louis. And I hope that's not coming across as a dig at him. It's not. The point that I'm trying to make is the impact that he had on this organization in a relatively short amount of time. Sports producer Matt Pajeski and I were having this conversation when we were talking through the show before. And I threw it at him like, who, who, who else who spent that little time with the Cardinals had as much of an impact and is revered as much as he is. And now Pajeski's a little bit younger than me, but he brought up Jim Edmonds name. And I think Edmonds is revered, but Edmonds spent twice as much time with the Cardinals than what, uh, what Suter did. So it's again, it, I say all that to just say this, it's um, he's a Cardinal. He's a Cardinal, even though he may have spent five years with the Cubs, even though he may have spent almost as much time in Atlanta as he did in St. Louis. He's a Cardinal. He got the final out of a World Series. He may have won that Cy Young Award wearing a a different uh, jersey, but he's a Cardinal, and I think we all revere him in a really special way. And it was very, very sad when we found out uh, earlier today that he had passed away at the age of 69. So, again, uh, what we're going to do this inter- this hour, a lot of interviews, talking with people and their thoughts on Suter. If you want to text or tweet anything in that we can re- read later on in the show, you can do that. 314-436-7900 is how you text in. At Matt Pauley on air is how you tweet in. And then at 730, we will open up the phone lines and give you an opportunity to call in and uh, share your thoughts on uh, on Bruce Suter's passing. We've got a few other things to get to. We will um, talk some St. Louis Blues hockey in the 7 o'clock hour. We'll talk some college football in the 7 o'clock hour as well. But this entire hour, the 6 o'clock hour, we are uh, dedicating to Bruce Suter uh, as he passes away today. Rick Hummel, he joins us next. We'll get his thoughts in just a moment. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there. 
to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. News Radio KMOX, the home of the Cardinals. On January 10th, I got the call from Jack O'Connell and Jane Clark informing me that I'd just been elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. The call answered a question that had been ongoing for 13 years. A question, quite frankly, I would ask myself every year at election time Do you belong? I would like to thank the baseball writers for answering that question and bestowing on me the highest honor that a player can receive. The thought of having a plaque with my name on it, beside the greatest players who have ever played the game, is truly an honor and humbling experience. That was Bruce Souter in Cooperstown being inducted into the Hall of Fame. One of those writers that he speaks of, Rick Hummel, who uh, just wrapped up his uh, full-time role with the Post-Dispatch going into retirement. We'll still see his byline, uh, certainly on occasion, and he has been very gracious to uh, join us right now and uh, share some thoughts on uh, on Bruce Suter. Rick, thank you so much for the time. I'm, I'm very appreciative. Yeah, you're welcome, Matt. I, I'll be writing for another couple of months, actually, but I'm, I'm writing about Bruce today and tomorrow, both in the paper and online, so... Um, it's a hard day, but you know you think of all the, the good times that that we had watching him and knowing him and and talking to some of the guys today. It, it, you tell some stories and you feel better about it. You don't feel good, but you feel better. The the obit article that did run today at STL today was that something that you wrote today, or was that something? You know, newspapers will put things like that in the bank for when these type things happen. Uh, which one was that? No, we didn't have one in the bank on this one because it. He'd been ill for a while, but the cancer that that finally was the clincher, I guess, came just in the last, just discovered in the last 10 days or so. So we didn't, uh, we do have a number of them in the bank, as as you say, but this was not one of them. So this was all from the, from the get-go. So what... What kind of a, as a reporter who covers somebody and then you you watch him get in the Hall of Fame and then in recent years, uh, whether it was the Cardinal Hall of Fame or him coming back for for anything else, and you develop a relationship with him, what what's it like for you when you hear that news? I mean, I I think everybody has kind of a different reaction to it. Oh, well, I hadn't expected it for sure. I knew this summer he wasn't in the greatest of health, but I didn't think as much about it as I maybe I should have he's been a, a friend of mine for over 40 years and you know the more I thought about it this morning the more uh, I guess depressed is the right word but I disappointed you know uh, shocked but then I knew that that I had to do a job and try to do the best job I could as, as far as portraying what his life was and what it meant to all the people who knew him as you've spoken with people today, 
Is there a common theme that you keep hearing over and over? Is there a single story that really sticks out to you? He was a good man, a great man on the field and off the field, too. He took care of his wife for a quarter of a century. Really, she's had three or four cancer surgeries. And and here she is. She's she's alive, and un- unfortunately, he's not. But he was a great family man. Uh, didn't call attention to himself very much. Uh, did like the occasional Budweiser after a game. <laughs> Doesn't make him a bad guy. And uh, um, was uh, you know very very much a team guy. Um, I I still remember those two pitches that will stick in your mind is the one he threw to Gorman Thomas to, to end the nineteen eighty two World Series. And the double play, the one, two, three double play, got on Mike Schmidt in September of that year to to give the Cardinals a, a little better lead in the Eastern Division. You make the point in what you wrote today that that first pitch that you talked about uh, in Game Seven of the World Series uh, that it was not the split fingered pitch that he went with a high fastball instead, and it it really surprised Thomas in the moment. And that's kind of a that's kind of a fun anecdote about that about that moment and about that out. Yeah, I mean, Thomas had to be sitting on a split finger yet pretty much Bruce through, but uh, he, uh, feeling the adrenaline, he probably got it up to 84, 85, 86 on that pitch. <laughs> oh, um, I was thinking about this earlier, and I mentioned this in our first segment. I'm, I'm, and you, you obviously, when it comes to the history of the organization, trump me many, many times over, but I'm trying to think of, has there been a Cardinal who spent as few years as he did in the organization who has had a bigger impact. He is revered and loved in St. Louis like he's somebody who spent his entire career here, and he spent four seasons in St. Louis. That's a good question. I guess you got maybe McGuire spent like four and a half here would be the closest thing I can come up with there. Mm -hmm. And they're probably pretty close in in their people's adoration for them, but uh, certainly those guys are one too. What kind of weapon was I, I? I hear it from people all the time. Like, his name was brought up so many times uh, when when talking about Ryan Housley, just from a multi inning effort and the fact that Whitey would go out there and Suter would 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 pitch a bunch. He, he would be required to get six, seven, eight, nine outs, what, whatever it might be. We don't we don't see that profile of a pitcher anymore, especially a pitcher who closes out games. Uh, we were in a different age at that point when it came to closers, but I mean, what a weapon when he could do a lot more than get just three outs. Well, he would get eight or nine fairly routinely, and certainly uh, six was not out of the question. He had 188 of his 300 saves were of more than one inning, and that that tells you something right there. Trevor Hoffman, for instance, <clears throat> had almost all of his saves, all of them pitched right, but all of his saves were one inning saves. It's um the other the other thing on this is I you can look back at the history of the organization and you can look at kind of the run of closers that this that this team has had and in many ways and again this goes back to the way baseball has changed because closers have not always been a thing but it almost feels like you date back to Suter when looking through the great lineage of, of closers and high level relief pitchers in this organization. Well, you can start with Roboski, I guess, in the 70s, but yeah. but it was a good stepping off point. And then you had uh, Worrell, you had um, Lee Smith, you had uh, Tom Henke, you had Eckersley, 
You had uh, Isringhausen. You had Mott. You had Trevor Rosenthal. And I'm sure I've left a couple out here along the way, but those are the that's six or eight that come to mind right there. And Bruce was the, was the starting point. Yeah, he really was. Um, yeah, we we just really appreciate you taking some time. It's one of these things where I think it's hard to talk about, and this this is one that caught people very off guard. Not a lot of people were expecting this. You said you're going to be writing a number of things over the next few days. What should uh, what should folks expect as we all uh, remember the the life and the legacy of Bruce Suter? Well, I think uh, those who want to get to it online before the, the Sunday paper comes out, there'll be a lot of reminiscences more so in, in tomorrow's online article than there are in today. There are quite a few in today's article, but which will also be in the paper tomorrow. But then from early in the morning online tomorrow, STL today, there'll be a lot of good stories from Whitey and Ben Ozzy and Jim Cott, um, Tommy Herr, um, just to name a few, I guess. And uh, um, it, I hope people like it. I mean, I hope they, they smile and, and, you know, kind of think, hey, what this is a really nice man and a really great pitcher, too. Yeah, absolutely. Rick, thank you so much for uh, taking the time. I'm really excited to see uh, just as somebody I'm I'm fairly I'm 40. So I was born in 1982. I was born the year that he gets the final out of that World Series. And um, I in all moments, I enjoy kind of reliving and also relearning things about the organization. So um, in, in a tough moment, I look forward to continue. It's, you know, it's been one of those things where I think a lot of people have just gone online today and have just been reading stuff. I can't tell you how many times I've listened to that final call of the, uh, of the 82 world series today. Yeah. I think people just kind of dive in. So I really appreciate uh, everything that you're producing that people will be able to dive into. That's right. And brings Jack Buck into, back into play, too, you know, who was one of the greats of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Rick. You bet. Thank you. All right. There's Rick Hummel joining us here on uh, Sports Open Line, and we uh, we appreciate uh, his time. And, yeah, we I knew that his health was not perfect, but uh, did not. And, you know, what Rick just said was that maybe they found something out um, just this past week, week and a half. And, in fact, in his... Um, in his obit article today at STL Today, uh, he said a suddenly developing bout with cancer. So it was the last couple weeks uh, that they found this out with Bruce Suter. And uh, he's dealt with some other health issues over the course of uh, his uh, career. But uh, very sad news today. And, uh, yeah, we're trying to do our best to really uh, honor him and look back on his career. Again, he passes away at the age of 69. We will take a break. And uh, when we return, we'll be joined by uh, Kyle McClellan, a former Cardinals uh, pitcher. We'll get his thoughts on uh, the passing of uh, Bruce Suter as we continue on. It's Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. home of the Cardinals. Arnado swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball is out of here. The Billikens. Jumper. Yes! Billikens win! The Chiefs. Touchdown! Kansas City! We are America's sports voice. KMOX. My son out. You know in the morning when you get up, you're going to be the difference between winning that game and losing that game that night. And if you think about that, it's hard. But when you get used to doing it, and you do that all the, every time, every day, you're ready to do that, and you're doing it 80 times a year. And once you get that feeling and you have a little bit of success, and then the 27th out doesn't become that hard. It's the prettiest jersey by far. It just meant something to me. As soon as we came with the Cardinals, then right away you felt like you could you know, get to the playoffs of the World Series, and it was just fantastic. And to be remembered now as one of the all-time Cardinals, it's fantastic. That is Bruce Suter speaking about... Uh... 
getting the 27th out, which always seems a little bit different than the first 26, and also speaking about the Cardinals' uniform and the uh, impact of that. Sports Open Line does continue. We're efforting Kyle McClellan right now. Hope to be joined by him in uh, just the next moment or so. Also, a uh, reminder for you, coming up in about an hour at 7.30, we'll be opening up the phone lines for you, for uh, you to share with us your thoughts of uh, Bruce Suter, and you can text those in at any point, and we'll try to read those later on, 314-436-7900. Right now, we are very happy to uh, bring in a uh, native of St. Louis and a former Cardinals pitcher, so a lot to get into here with uh, Kyle McClellan. Kyle, I wish it wasn't under these circumstances, but uh, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I agree with uh, with what you said. I wish it wasn't uh, to talk about this, but that's the way it is. Hey, you're you're a couple years younger than me, and I growing up in St. Louis and being a Cardinals fan, and I had a dad who taught me the history of the Cardinals, and, and Bruce Suter was a was a big part of that. So, like. Do you have any, like, mem- I know he was, you're a little young to remember him playing, but just like growing up in, in St. Louis, do you have initial thoughts or, or memories? Or was it the same thing with you where, as you learned the history of the organization, Suter was a big part of that? Well, for sure. I mean, you know, like I said, never got the chance to see him see him play, but, you know, saw the highlights, heard the stories, heard everybody talk about him. And, um, you know, and anytime I got to go to opening day a lot as a kid and, you know, to hear the, the fans for, for Bruce and Lou Brock, you know, I mean, just go crazy uh, for those guys. And, and uh, you know, that's what I probably my earliest memory is just every time you see the guy, you just yell his name. You know, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. And, um, you know, and then as I got in the organization and got to meet him uh, as a player and, you know, that was great, but, but really uh, my relationship with him was, was post-career when, um, you know, fantasy camps and getting to hang with him and things like that. And um, so just a, just a special guy. I mean, you know, meant so much to, to the organization, obviously, and pitched some huge games and, and really, uh, you know, was, was a, doing things differently at the closers position than, than, than anybody else, you know, was able to come in and, and just do so many different things. And the split finger fastball was kind of his deal. And, um, you know, so many different things for the game, but, uh, outside of all that, man, he was just a special human being and, uh, was, was always great. Anytime you got a chance to talk with him. I just talked to Rick Hummel a few moments ago and, uh, Al did pitch pr- prior to Suter, but I mean, you go back and you think of the lineage of Cardinals closers, and in many ways, it kind of starts with Suter because the game was changing at that point yeah. where closers were becoming a thing and going to Lee Smith and Tom Hankey and Jason Isringhaus and Jason. Like, the, it, it, star- it, it really, like, it feels like that beginning point is Bruce Suter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it, that was the fascinating thing for me that I think I enjoyed the most is sitting down and talking to him about those days. Like, you know, what, you know, the, the clo- what is a closer? You know, I mean, nobody knew – uh, what that really was, and 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 he kind of stepped in and defined that. And and by the way, a closer was going three, four, five innings, uh, you know, at the time. Um, and so just listen to him talk about that and how much different it is now, and and back then, and how that role kind of evolved. And um, and then him talking about his split finger and trying to teach that to guys, and you know, um, you know, kind of how he developed that. And uh, but yeah, I mean, it definitely, he's he's he was um, you know kind of a pioneer at, at that at that spot and and just put up, uh, you know, great numbers. And, and the, the thing is, every teammate, every 
everybody you talk to that's ever played with him, they don't talk about any of that. They talk about how funny he is and the stories he told and, you know, just the, the way he was and the person he was. And, you know, that to me, uh, sticks out you know over any of the over any of the on-field stuff you mentioned him trying to help people throw the split finger and, and that's the pitch that he's most known for how can you put in words just like how challenging of a pitch that is to throw and how impressive <laughs> it is that he was able to throw it the way he did yeah I, I was just put it this way not everybody can throw it I mean I was somebody that I tried playing around with it at at times, different versions of it, and I just never could do it. I don't know if, you know, my fingers weren't long enough or big enough or, you know, whatever. It just it just never really came out good. But those guys that can do it, man, it's fun to watch. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, listen to him talk about it. And just when he holds the ball, you know, when he would put it in his hand and show you, you're like, oh, man, it just looks like that's the perfect pitch for Bruce Suter uh, to be throwing. Like, it just fits so good in his hand. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely uh, an art to it. And, uh, you know, you just – some people put it down on their fingers farther than others, but you know, throw it just like a fastball, and it, the the spin of it is just gonna it's just gonna fall off the table, you know, just enough. Um, but it looks like a fastball out of the hand. You throw it exactly the same, and um, and then by the time you go to swing at it, it's you know it's in the dirt and not even close to you. So um, just just fun hearing his stories, hearing him talk about it, the evolution of it, and how you know guys would kind of, it's kind of like Rivera. You know, everybody at the All Star games would come up to him and ask him, "How do you throw it? How do you throw it?" And, you know, everybody that as, when he was playing that ever came across him wanted to know, how, how do you throw it? Can you teach it to me? Um, because it's certainly working for you. I know you said your relationship really blossomed post-playing career, but when you were playing, when he would be around, like, would would guys see him? And was that what is that the question he would get? I mean, is that something that was always kind of going on? And can you talk maybe a little bit about uh, just his availability to Cardinals pitchers when he was around? Yeah, I mean, those guys come down to spring training and spend some time, and they're always available. They know what their role is, and um, you know, with the current guys, just being there and and uh, uh, being available to talk to, and you know, they're not turning into pitching coaches and, and taking over what other guys are doing, but obviously, just being there talking about what made them successful, what they see. He watched all the games. I mean, he watched all the Cardinal games. He would he would uh, be texting during the games. I know he texts Danny Mac all the time. Um, you know about you know, stuff he saw and, and things like that. So he, he didn't miss a game. And I do remember we were in Atlanta and uh, he, he was a big hunter. So uh, as am I, so we talked a lot about hunting and uh, we were in Atlanta and he said, Hey, I'm going to pick you up after the game. We're going to come back to my house. We're going to drink beer and talk hunting and baseball. And I was like, perfect. So after the game, we had a day game, uh, picked me up, drove me back to his house, which was about 45 minutes away and, and uh, sat down in his basement, which was just amazing. Filled with all his memorabilia and, and everything and he sat behind the bar and uh he he asked me what kind of beer i like to drink and so he went out and got a keg of it uh we did not finish the keg <laughs> but he uh he had a he had a keg brought in and and sat behind the bar and we sat there you know for hours just uh drinking beer talking baseball and hunting he had a a pretty impressive hunting uh room where his office was that he loved to to go in there and show and so i spent the night there and, and i didn't spend the night there we spent a lot of the night there and he all of a sudden said, "Up, oh, your driver's here. You got to leave." Uh, called me a, a limo and and uh, took me out there. Wouldn't let me pay for anything and and kicked me out of his house. And and, and the driver took me back to the hotel. And that was just the kind of guy he was. And and he, you know, I was talking to somebody today. All the Hall of Fame stuff, you know, all the recognition. He didn't like any of it. He didn't want any of it. He didn't like any of it. He was just a normal guy. Um, that if he could, you know. Uh, avoid all that he would he embraced it and he did it well 
but uh, man, that that's not who he was. You know, he was uh, he was he was himself uh, through and through, and, and a great family man. And and you know, anytime you saw him, want to know how the kids were, and wanted me to send him pictures anytime one of my kids harvested a deer. I did, you know, and um, just a just a, a sweet man. And uh, you know that, like I said, that that those memories there, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna cherish and uh, and definitely remember. Uh, you know, sitting in his basement drinking beer and talking baseball. Yeah, that that's a great story and a great memory, and I'm, I'm I thank you so much for sharing it. I think people want to hear those type of things uh, today. Kyle, thanks so much for your time and, and again sharing all this. Um, a tough day today, but uh, really appreciate that you were able to uh, share some of your thoughts of uh, of Bruce Suter. Yep, absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, there's Kyle McClellan joining us here on uh, Sports Open Line. What a great story that was of just going there. He bought. <laughs> Buys the keg. Like, what kind of beer do you like? I'll bring. I'll bring in a keg. Like that's 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 fantastic. So uh, that's a really really cool story. Thanks to uh, Kyle McClellan for uh, joining us uh, again. We are spending uh, the hour talking all things uh, Bruce Sutter. I've had a couple people uh, call in. So again, what we're doing. If you want to share your thoughts, uh, you've got a couple different options. We will read some text and tweets later on. So you can uh, text in 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. So if you don't want to call in but you want to text or tweet, that's how you do that. If you do want to call in and get on the air and share some of uh, your thoughts, we will do that uh, at 7.30. So uh, stick with us through 7.30, and we'll start taking some phone calls uh, then. I'm guessing a lot of people will want to uh, do that. So hopefully we can uh, get through a lot of uh, callers and just hear uh, thoughts on, uh, on on Bruce Suter as he has passed away. And like I said earlier, and I'm I'm glad that Rick Hummel, when I talked to him, did not have an easy answer that would have made me feel like uh, that I didn't know what I was talking about. But it's it's tough to find a player in the history of the organization who had a larger impact and is more revered after playing really such a short amount of time with that organization. Four years in St. Louis uh, as a player, and then obviously very much part of the organization for the years following his playing career come to an end. All right, uh, up next, so this is a treat for me. This is somebody who I've actually never spoken to. Uh, Ron Jacober, longtime KMOX uh, sports director, uh, somebody who when I was growing up in St. Louis, I listened to a lot I've never had the opportunity to speak with him. I'm sorry that uh, that opportunity is going to come in uh, this situation. Uh, but Ron Jacober is going to uh, join us and share some of his thoughts uh, on Bruce Suter. Ron Jacober joins us next. It's Sports Open Line, and we're back with more in just a moment here on KMOX. The date, October 20th, 1982, Game 7 of the World Series, between the Cardinals and the Milwaukee Brewers. Cardinals scored three runs in the sixth inning, capped by a George Hendrick go-ahead single. That put the Cardinals ahead to stay. They also got two runs in the eighth. They led it 6-3 in the ninth inning. Bruce Suter on the mound, and the Cardinals wrapped it up. Here's Jack Buck. First two have been retired. Gorman has proven, Gorman Thomas has proven to be a tough customer. Suter from the belt to the plate. A swing and a miss, and that's a winner! That's a winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals. Porter throws his mask into the air. The players converge around the mound. The police arrive on the scene. The canine patrol and the mounted patrol. Some fans manage to get on the field, but they needn't do that and they won't be out there very long. 
The Cardinals have won the game six to three. The Cardinals have won the National League pennant. And the Cardinals have won the 1982 World Series. Joaquin Andohar, the winner that night, he won two games in that World Series. Bruce Souter with the save. That was the last World Championship won by the Cardinals with another great moment in Cardinal playoff history. Ron Jacober, KMOX Sports. Yeah, Ron Jacober with an assist from Jack Buck telling the story of uh, that 82 World Series. And now, uh, unfortunately, it is under these circumstances. But uh, nonetheless, a treat for me to uh, get to talk to a guy who I listened to a lot growing up. It is uh, Ron Jacober. Ron, appreciate you taking some time. How are you? You're welcome. I'm fine. Boy, it's been a long time since I've heard that. (laughs) (laughs) That piece we put together there. Yeah, it is a tough day, you know. Uh, I before I w- did 25 years of what you're doing. I was at Channel Five for about 16, 17 years, I guess, and and I was on the Cardinal telecast crew in those days in 1982 because the games were on Channel Five. We only did 30 games a year, but uh, you know it was uh, it was a treat to watch him to watch him come in because you knew at that point the game was probably over. But it, the split finger thing is is fascinating to me. Because, you know, he was a very average pitcher with the Cubs and uh, really had some arm problems. And a minor league pitching instructor taught him how to throw that split finger. And he never threw very hard, you know. He, uh, in fact, if you look up his statistics, he was never one of these strikeout and any kind of guys. But, man, that split was just unbelievable, and, and uh, he just couldn't hit it. Of course, he was backed by just a, an outstanding defensive infield. You know, it, with uh, Oberfeld at, at third, Ozzy at short, and Tommy Harris second base, and Keith Hernandez at first. So he got a lot of ground balls. But, yeah, it's pretty sad. And I know that he his health hadn't been very good, unfortunately, and, and died far too young. When you heard the news earlier today, what was the first memory that came to mind for you? Uh, the, the, the 82 World Series, that, that, that scene of, of Daryl Porter and uh, – Bruce Souter hugging in the in the middle. Of course, they're both gone. Uh, that's the first thing I thought of uh, uh, when I heard that he had died. Now I know he he hadn't spent too much time in St. Louis in recent years because his wife had been ill with cancer, and he was really their, her caretaker. And she survived him, unfortunately. No, not unfortunately, but I mean, she survived him, which kind of surprised me. Uh, but uh, it's pretty sad, you know. I I did a pregame show for every Cardinal telecast back in those days and i had him show me one time how to throw that split and he said here you try it <laughs> there was there was no chance i could get that ball stuck in my fingers and i i talked to a lot of pitchers over the years and uh both of them sim- simply said i can't do it yeah. i can't throw that pitch i had kyle mcclellan on right before you and he basically said the same thing he's like the he said that bruce Suter's hand was perfect for that pitch because of his finger length yeah. and the size and everything. And it's it had to be perfect or you can't throw it. No, you can't throw it. But he was a Hall of Fame gentleman. You know, he was not a guy that sought out the media. He didn't he, – he wasn't a look-at-me kind of guy. You know, he would do interviews. Of course he would. And he was he was courteous in doing that. But he just was an average kind of guy off the field and, and really didn't want to take part in any kind of uh, – Boy, I'm great, am I? You know that kind of thing. But when Whitey made that trade, Herzog when made that trade and 
in, in uh, December, I guess, of 1980, there were some question marks. You know, he was a good pitcher with Chicago, but the Cardinals traded Kenny Reitz, who was a very popular third baseman, the old Zamboni, a third baseman, and a young hitter named Leon Durham to the Cubs. And any time the Cardinals would make a trade with the Cubs, I think a lot of Cardinal fans didn't trust it. But, boy, he came in, and, and he was just lights out. But you're right when you said yes, we humble the question about, you know, he's only here four years, but how revered he was. I can't think of another player that uh, was that revered in this town for only been here four years. It's it's also cool for me to hear the stories of how he, you know, whether it was being a spring training instructor or just, you know, naturally kind of cultivating relationships with guys, how he always went out of his way to try to help the next generations of pitchers. No doubt he did. He certainly did do that. And he was just, as I said, he was a Hall of Fame gentleman. And uh, I think that showed so much about his his character. A lot of Cardinal fans were really upset when he left the Cardinals because he left as a free agent to Atlanta. And he liked Ted Turner. Well, he liked Ted Turner's money, I guess, (laughs) was was the deal. Because Turner gave him a contract that drew 13% interest, which paid Suter like 20, like a million dollars a year for over every year for 20 years, something like that. Don't, don't quote me exactly right. But, but, you know, Herzog understood. And Whitey told me one time, he said, I told him, I said, you've taken care of your family, your kids, your grandkids, and your great grandkids. Now, if I get fired, you're, you're going to have to take care of me and my wife. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he, he, he understood why why Bruce did it. We make such a big deal every year about the Bobby Bonilla payoff, but when you really look at uh, the Bruce Suter payoff, it, it's right there. It's really it, that that was a good move for him, without question. But you know, he didn't pitch too long down there because he he had more arm problems. And I remember one quote he said, uh, "I'm throwing as hard as I ever have, but the ball doesn't get there; it's fast." And uh, he he just he was never a fireballer. He had to rely on that split, and and he wound up with some shoulder problems in in Atlanta, and and his career didn't last too long after that. But uh, he was always a cardinal in in the eyes of an awful lot of people. Uh, based off social media, it looks like the Braves just gave him his last payout. He was getting one point one two million dollars, and twenty twenty two was the final year of that. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, you know, I knew that story was something like that. Uh, good old Ted Turner and his money. I think another Cardinal pitcher experienced something like that. I think his name was Al Robotsky. <laughs> Al, I'll have to tell you that story. <laughs> well, Ron, uh, thank you so much for this time. As I said, I have not gotten the opportunity to meet you yet, just being back here for a few months and being here at KMOX for the first time for a few months. Uh, but it's such a treat to be able to talk to you even under these circumstances. And uh, hopefully we do meet at some point in the near future. I would really like to do that. Thank you. Awesome. There is uh, Ron Jacober, a former KMOX sports director, joining us. Sports on a Sunday morning with Ron Jacober. That was uh, that was something, and it was fun to play that uh, clip uh, from him and uh, just looking back at the '82 uh, World Series. So, uh, yeah, that's um, we wanted to dedicate this entire hour to uh, Bruce Suter. We hope you enjoyed the conversations with uh, Rick Hummel, Kyle McClellan, Kyle McClellan, and uh, Ron Jacober. 
In the 7 o'clock hour, we will step aside uh, and do some other things for just a few moments. We're going to hear from uh, Blues coach uh, Craig Berube. He spoke with the uh, media earlier today. We'll also talk some uh, college football with uh, Dennis Dodd. But then in the uh, final half hour of the 7 o'clock hour, uh, we'll give you an opportunity to uh, call in. So, again, we've been talking about this. You can text or tweet now. You can text at 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Text in your thoughts on um, on Bruce Suter. You can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. And then if you want to call in, we'll take those phone calls at 730. So about uh, 30, 35 minutes from now is uh, when we will do that. So it'll be your opportunity to share your memories, uh, your stories, things like that. Our first hour of the show in the book, we will uh, hear from Craig Berube. We'll do that next at Sports Open Line on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 